Well, happy Tuesday, Billings, Montana. Uh, Sergeant Jeff Stovall down at the Crime Prevention Center here with our second 50 Forum podcast. Uh, got a little touch of winter going on out there today, so hopefully everybody's nice and safe on their drives where they need to get to go. And uh, just reminding everybody to, if you don't have to drive, don't be out there. Uh, roads are still really slick, and they will be for the next couple of days. So take your time, get there safe, and uh, happy travels there as well. So uh, our second edition uh, podcast today, I'm really, really excited. Um, we've got a good friend of mine, Sergeant Justin Jaggers. Uh, he is actually retiring from the police department uh, after 21 years uh, being with the department. So very decorated officer. Um, you know, somebody has taught me a lot, both on uh, uh, as a police officer and then even our some of our short time on the SWAT team together as well. Um, very, very, uh, he's, he's definitely a, a, a large loss to us at the de uh, police department. So we'll get into some of that with him here today. Um, so I just want to welcome you. Thanks for coming in, Justin. And uh, we appreciate you. Congratulations ahead of time for your retirement. Yeah, thank and uh, you. how's it feel? How's it feel? It's relieving. Yeah, it really is relieving. I think a lot of people have asking me like, you know, oh, are you going to miss it? And you're going to miss it? Like, ah, not really. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I, I think I'll miss, uh, you know, the, the people we work with sure. and the camaraderie. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've been at this since I graduated high school, essentially, in, mm -hmm. in public service and kind of felt like I've I've done my turn. Yeah. So now I'm Absolutely. ready to go hunting and fishing and hang out with kids. Well, that's not a bad life either. I, no. I can go for that too. So I got another <laughs> decade, but we'll get there. <laughs> Goes by quick. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Um, so just kind of jump into it. Um, you know, what, uh, what initially uh, inspired you to be a, to be a police officer? Oh, it was, so kind of a long story, mm -hmm. uh, but I'll try to keep it short. Like uh, I, I grew up in Wyoming, um, very middle-class family, uh, every male in, um, on both sides of the family had been mm -hmm. in the military. So I left high school and joined the military and um, I did that for uh, eight, eight years active. Mm -hmm. And during that time I was in a medical field. I was a hospital corpsman in the Navy. And during that time uh, I had gotten my uh, paramedic, mm -hmm. my national registry paramedic. And I was kind of a golden child at being a paramedic. And yeah. I just kind of thought that's what I would always do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I ended up leaving uh, active duty after eight years and was looking to be a professional full-time paramedic and uh, ended up moving to Billings. Long story and how that happened. Uh, but ended up moving to Billings and I worked for AMR yeah. and uh, I, I I loved the people that I worked with, but uh, I went from being super high speed <laughs> in the military and jumping yeah. out of helicopters and stuff like that oh, yeah. to uh riding in the back of an ambulance and uh it just uh wasn't what i thought it was going to be so mm -hmm. i was going to go back uh active duty and was going to go back into the military and one of the the ladies i worked with she goes oh the police department's hiring you should i think you'd be a good cop mm -hmm. and uh and this is totally just how my mind thinks i was like wow you know i really like that show cops yeah i was like <laughs> I think, well, sure, I'll go, I'll go do it. So um, I had already accepted orders. I was active, still active reserve in the military. Mm -hmm. I had already accepted orders to go back um, to active service. And the police department called me and said, um, hey, we'd like to offer you a job. Yeah. And so I had to make this decision. I was like, do I go back active? This is right at the beginning of uh, uh, the war on terror. And I... It's like, do I just had a brand new baby girl? Mm -hmm. It's like, do I, I know I'm going to deploy and all that, or do I stay here? And so yeah. after some discussion, decided to become a cop. I had put 
virtually no more thought into it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that, oh, maybe I'll get to do something exciting sure. and, and fun. And, um, and it was the best decision, you know, I yeah. made career wise, you know, for me at the time. And here we are 21 years later <laughs> <laughs> at the end of it. So I guess yeah. my decision made my, my decision making paradigm is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least works for me. <laughs> at least in this instance, right? We're good there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Well, I know you, you know, even just mentioning uh, being a Navy corpsman and that we, we have a lot of officers here uh, at the Billings Police Department and nationwide uh, that make that transition from military to uh, law enforcement. Some of them, you know, are, are active or on reserve or guard status and that. Um, how was that transition for you going from a corpsman into law enforcement? It, it related uh, way better than, than what I thought. Uh, my, my background in, in paramedicine, um, and having a chance to work as a civilian, you know, paramedic for a while, um, paid dividends probably more than more than my military training did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that paramedicine background, because I was used to dealing with people in crisis, uh, people were having the worst day of their lives, you know, at least physically. Yeah. Um, and having to make uh, decisions under stress, you know, while you're on an accident scene or while someone's having a heart attack in front of you, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the military training from there, which had bled into the paramedic side of it, being able to think on your feet, being able to deal with stress, being able to work under and make decisions and and make the right decision, you Mm -hmm. know, and, uh, totally related to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So by the time I became a cop, I was already used to, you know, dealing with people in crisis, talking to them, uh, changing the conversation, focusing the conversation to, what I needed to know about what was going on with them physically, sure. totally related to what we do as cops. Like, yeah. You get there, the scene's chaotic, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, calm down and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And like, and you know, you know how it is. Like people will spin off. Wow. Six months ago. Like, right. okay, what brought me here tonight? <laughs> Today. You know? Yeah. And so those skills, which were surprising to me, mm-hmm. um, uh, to, to be able to kind of relate to people, to get them to calm down, to, build a rapport very quickly. Yeah. I think a lot of times people are kind of surprised in paramedicine. They're like, Oh, you show up, people will trust you. Not all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've just pulled up this giant needle. I'm going to shove it in your arm. I'm like, Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> Don't want that. <laughs> Easy answer. <laughs> um, so you, you got to kind of talk your way into it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I did a good job of that early on and uh, being able to relate that to, you know, getting people to, at least talk to me or realize very quickly being able to read body language yeah, and realize that, all right, this approach isn't working. I need mm-hmm. to pivot to something else, which was funny because I was a police officer for, for two years and, and then I got deployed because I was active reserve sure. and I got deployed and go to uh, Iraq uh, to Fallujah and being at that time one of the oldest guys in the platoon, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I turned 32 the day before we invaded Fallujah. So everybody was walking by and all these 18, 19 year old kids and they're like, oh, yeah. oh doc, are your hips okay? You know, like, like <laughs> shut up. But that experience as a police officer, when we would talk, stop and talk to people and being able to read body language mm-hmm. and I would, was able to, you know, tell my superiors, like, there's something up with that guy. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he's not acting normal. He's not acting. And that was a cool kind of thing. I was able to bring mm-hmm. from all the careers I had had at that point, you know, from being a full-time Navy corpsman and flying sure. search and rescue and being a paramedic to 
being a full-time paramedic to being a police officer. And now I'm back to war. Now I'm wrapping everything. Right. Full up, circle up for you. Together. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, there is, I think there's a lot of great transitions from law enforcement to military or from military to law enforcement. I think they're not always the the, the qualities that people think of. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, yeah. you'd be good with, with weapons. So, right. I don't know. I mean, us being firearms instructors, I mean, how many times yeah. we got to retrain <laughs> right. a military guy? Right. Your favorite guys are the ones that have never shot before because you never. have no bad habits yeah. to bring. I, I yeah. loved training my daughters on how to shoot because they mm-hmm. had no bad habits. Right. You know, right. Um, until 10 years from now when they run up against some new instructor who's got a new technique. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> Your dad's got you all messed up. Right, you right. Know? So I think this is those skills, like people think, oh, that'll translate well. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not necessarily all, all times the, the, the best skills that translate. Sure. I think the, the people skills, and that's, as you know, 90% of what we do, like oh, people skills. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't got people skills, yeah, you don't, forget about you don't it. Do well here. <laughs> you don't want to, you all. don't want to do this job. <laughs> not at all. It's <laughs> so, all you're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Well, I, Obviously, I, in, you know, my opinion, I'm sure everybody else would agree, but I think, you know, we mentioned your career and I think to say it was success is, is an understatement. Um, you know, you've, you've been, uh, you know, two times supervisor of the year, two time medal of valor. Um, you were on the, you know, SWAT team as not only just a SWAT team member, but also a team leader, um, setting up several different missions, doing that head firearms instructor, um, the, uh, head of, or sergeant over in Haida doing the, you know, undercover drug, drug detectives and that work. Um, so you've done a lot, you've seen yeah. a lot, you've been a part of a lot. And, uh, you know, what, what kind of fuels your drive to, to, to attain these levels and, and continue on with these, you know, certain areas that you've been in? Yeah, it's weird. I, I can relate it back to, um, the military, uh, and early in my childhood, like, you know, my mom and dad were very much, uh, hard workers, you know, mm-hmm. being a, a Gen X kid now, I, I guess, you know, we were latchkey kids, right. both mom and dad worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'd get home to kind of take care of ourselves and we had our own chores. So you're just kind of used to doing what you were supposed to do sure, and getting those things done. And, but when I, when I joined the military, I didn't have like, uh, like a super high drive for, for mm-hmm. excellence or anything like that. Um, but I got very, very fortunate um, and getting to work around people who did. Yeah. Um, and that was a little bit of everybody from search and rescue technicians who were just the absolute best at what they did mm-hmm. to, uh, doctors and nurses and, and paramedics. And, and then just in, in the Navy, you know, we have chief petty officer, which is like, you know, they're, they're gods. They're, they're mm-hmm. all knowing they're, they're all seeing. If you don't know, <laughs> you, you go ask one of them. Yeah. And I was really, really fortunate to work for some, some great chiefs, which is where I, one quality I've always had is just a really good quality of observation, just mm-hmm. watching people. Sure. And that's where I kind of learned it. Uh, just watching people being really, really great at their jobs. And when you realize you're like, man, I really admire that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I always trying to be here? And like, I was like, well, that's the guy that I want to be. Yeah. And the more and more you talk to him and the more and more you, uh, got to start working around them, you realize their, their mindset. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that just kind of wore off on me throughout the course of my military and I brought that into paramedicine and uh by the time I was a cop you know I was like I'm just going to try to do the best job that I can yeah and uh I just want to be constantly trying to get better mm-hmm. and the other thing I found out uh early on in my military and my paramedicine career is that uh, I was a good instructor 
had the ability yep. to, I'm a hard learner. I'm not a bright person at all. <laughs> um, I'm a very, very hard learner. So, and I learn things on a, you know, what has been described as like an off access way of learning. I, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you try to teach me, I'm probably not going to get it, but I'll be able to figure it out. Sure. And now I have the ability to, to kind of translate that to other people who may learn the same with me. Yeah. And so by the time I became an instructor, I found I really enjoyed teaching people. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed, you know, developing programs and uh, recognizing what needed to be done or what, what could we do better. Yeah. And uh, if no one else was going to do it, then why not me? Sure. You know, I'll, I'll go mindset. do it. Yeah. And um, so, but in order to be an instructor, I've always kind of had the mindset that if if you're going to be an instructor or like in the police department, we have field training officers. Mm-hmm. And I always had the uh, opinion that if you're a field training officer, we expect you to be the subject matter expert sure. at that patrol level. That means you should be able to change your che- teaching style to the person that you're teaching. Suit the needs, yep. And to me, I think that's like, you know, the the ultimate type instructor that mm-hmm. you can go to. And um, so throughout my career, I've, again, I've been very lucky to work with like-minded police officers who yeah. were also, as you know, like being on the SWAT team is one of those things. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the top 10% of, of yep. the department, Absolutely. in my opinion. Uh, other cops might not think that, but <laughs> we know the truth. Um, but everybody in that, in that, that team is very fortunate because everybody has that. We recruit and, and look for those types of people sure. who are going to, uh, I'll first let me take care of my house. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure my skills are on par. And, and then a lot of times you, like I said, you know, you've, you've trained for years to, to get yeah. on the team and then you think you're pretty good. And then you get on the team, <laughs> you realize, <laughs> Um, I'm not yeah, that good. You get humbled real <laughs> you quick. You get humbled really, really, really quick. quick. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that, you know, it's just one of those, I, like, I'm just, I'm always really worried about letting, uh, people down that mm-hmm. I work with. So, yeah. and on those very, very high stress, you know, um, calls that we, we go to, like, that would be my biggest fear is that, um, I hadn't done enough or prepared enough mm-hmm. in any facet of what we do to, uh, to cause someone to, to get hurt. Sure. You know, whether it's, and that goes not only just for the cops, but for, you know, the people that we're dealing with, Yeah. you know, I think it's a common misconception that, you know, especially in this day and age that as a police officer, you just wake up and you're looking to right. go ruin somebody's day. Right. And I've never once woke up and and thought that right you know um so you know i think as far as training wise and that drive to you know be the absolute best you can be i mean it for what we do it comes down to a lot of times to split second Mm -hmm. decisions um and if your skills have not been taken care of then you never (laughs) rise to the level of your expectations you always fall to the level of your training Training. and so i've always used that so that was just kind of, you know, I don't know. It's always been stuck with me since mm-hmm. those early years in the military. Of yep. yet, again, I've been very fortunate in my careers to have phenomenal mentors, mm-hmm. you know, all the way through. So, absolutely. And then as you get older and you become a sergeant, you know, you want you want to reciprocate that. And, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Like, God, the last thing I want is when I retire is, you know, all this guy's gonna be like, oh, God, I'm so glad Jerry's <laughs> so gone. So glad he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> God, he sucked. <laughs> That's right. You know, even just, just answering that question there, um, 
you know, brought me back. One of my memories, uh, what favorite memories of you is I remember we were, you know, we had a firearms day. It was back when you were one of, you were the head firearms instructor. Yeah. Um, and we were doing a, a plate drill, um, you know, going through and knocking down. I think we had six plates on there. Uh, it was a speed drill, speed and accuracy learning, um, just doing that stuff. And I remember, you know, we all go through and, you know, we're excited about our times and some of us hit plates, some of us misplaced the whole thing. And then you go in and you clean the whole thing and it is lightning speed to compared to what everybody else is doing. But then you take your gloves off and you throw them on the ground and said some adult words as we do when we're upset. And uh, you were upset at yourself because you didn't go fast enough. Yeah. You know, you, you pushed yourself to that level and you knew that there was a standard that you had set that you didn't achieve. So I think that's a really, really, uh, you know, great attribute that you have is, is you're pushing yourself and you push yourself to those limits. So, you know, just definitely something that, you know, as we're talking about here is just pushing yourself to that area, yeah. something very admirable that you have. And, I you know, I definitely that. look up to you on that, that side of things. So I'm still mad about that run. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. That was, that was a, a violent throw to the ground and yeah, ready to go. But I mean, that's just, you know, kind of as your career, you know, you've, you've gone through and, um, even, you know, I remember, you know, putting, you know, ops plans together for the SWAT team and that type of stuff. And just the, just the attention to detail, um, how articulate and every angle was thought about, um, and that. So it was just, you know, it's awesome to see you have people that come through in law enforcement that set standards like that. Um, because, you know, just you saying that, you know, it's, you want to pass that on to others. And I think the yeah. standard you set, uh, is just awesome for us in that, you know, I, I'm huge. My dad always told me leave, leave, you know, whatever you do, leave it better than where you yeah. found it. And I certainly think you, you've definitely done I that. I appreciate that. So yeah. Thank been you. Awesome. Always Absolutely. been a goal. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll jump into, um, you know, one of the, the hot things I, I sit on the, uh, the, um, Rimrock task force. Um, and a lot of times, a lot of their questions are geared towards, you know, drugs and what's going on in our community and stuff here. Um, obviously, you're the man to ask for that, being that you're retiring directly out of the Haida the Drug Task Force. So, yeah. um, you know, can you give us a little, you know, some in insight on what we got going on here, what to look out for and, and things like that, what you're dealing with there? Yeah. And, you know, for the last 30 years, uh, probably longer, uh, methamphetamine has has been king. Uh, that was always our problem mm -hmm. uh, was uh, meth. And uh, it was so large that a lot of the other drugs um, began to kind of fade a little bit to the wayside, uh, heroin and cocaine. And uh, we just, we would still see them, but just not like we would see meth. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, 2020 came around. And when COVID hit and yeah. uh, the world locked down, um, <laughs> Meth became very hard to traffic, specifically across the southwest border. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, a pound of meth, you know, all wrapped up is, you know, about, you know, about this big. Mm -hmm. And to get 30 or 40 of those you know, stashed, I mean, it, it yeah. makes a footprint mm -hmm. in a vehicle. Um, so the cartel's not being, you know, stupid, mm -hmm. very savvy. They're like, ah, oh, well, we can't do that. Let's start... Uh, pushing these fentanyl pills that we have. And mm -hmm. at the time, the fentanyl pills um, were, we had seen, you know, I think we seized like 18 of them mm -hmm. in 2019, like yeah. 18 total pills Yeah. Uh, in comparison to the end of 2020 when we had seized 20,000. Oh. Yeah, it's only gone up from there. Much easier to um, conceal, you know, a thousand mm -hmm. pills. 
uh, comes in a bundle. It's about, you know, like that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, very deceiving. Yeah. Uh, how many you can, and so very easy to, to traffic that in mm-hmm. a variety of, of ways. Um, so when, when fentanyl started hitting in, in 2020, it, it kind of changed the game uh, mm-hmm. as far as like, uh, the, the way the drug world was working. Yeah. Uh, it's highly, highly addictive. Uh, it's a very, very strong opiate. I think at the time they said it was 50 to a hundred times, uh, stronger than morphine. I wow. think that number has gone up yeah. since then. And, um, and the price point on it was insane. Mm-hmm. So this one little bitty pill, I think at the time in, in this is your 2020, uh, in Arizona, in Phoenix, it would have been like a dollar a pill and wow. that's plummeted since wow. then. And 2020, um, at that same time, it was 45 to $50 a pill in Montana by the time it got here. So, I mean, you guys can do the math. You, yeah. you got a thousand of those a huge markup and, and, yeah. and so it's a price point. Mm-hmm. Um, once that was realized through, uh, the traffickers in, uh, the cartels, they started targeting states like, uh, North Dakota, uh, Montana, Alaska, um, because we were kind of in these strange geographical areas, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even Southern Wyoming, you've got Denver right there, yeah. very easy to move. But Montana was kind of, we're kind of out on these geographical islands, mm-hmm. you know, with no source city direct to us. Yeah. Uh, so they started targeting it and, and, and the price point was like, you know, I can, Oh man, a thousand pills for $1 in Phoenix or a yeah. thousand pills for $45 a pill. I was like, it, it's all economics. Oh, absolutely. And so they were doing the same thing in, um, in Alaska. So it's kind of gone from there. So a lot of what we'd spend our time doing now is fighting, uh, the fentanyl mm-hmm. issue because they kind of recognize like, Oh, Hey, we can make a lot of money up here in Montana. There's people with you know, they're, they're buying this stuff. We started seeing a resurgence of the cocaine, mm-hmm. uh, heroin and, in uh, and meth. Yeah. And like, well, let's sell a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And it's been flooding in ever since. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, in my mind, especially here in Billings, mainly because it, it, you, you have, uh, the likelihood of having it be lethal quicker is, yes. is the fentanyl. Yeah. Uh, fentanyl. So it's always gonna be fentanyl and meth. Uh, meth is still going to be an issue, but the fentanyl is just, there's so many different ways that they can, mm-hmm. uh, package it. You know, the most common form right now is pills. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're starting to see a lot more powder. We're starting to see a lot more different kind of pills in the oh, format yeah. that they bring them. Um, and they're just way easier to, to, to traffic and, and hide. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's super simple to, call down to a plug in Phoenix and say, I need, I need a thousand, I need a thousand pills Mm -hmm. and you cash app them the money directly. They get it and they put your package in the mail and an express package and it's to you in 48 hours and delivered to your front doorstep. You don't even got to leave anymore. Mm -hmm. And so there's, uh, yeah, it's, it's insane how difficult it has become to, um, you know, figure out the routes. Right. Um, especially when they have no rules, right? No rules yep. and just up to their imagination to mm-hmm. how to figure it out. Yeah, so I, I was telling you earlier, I gave a pres- presentation, uh, the other day and somebody asked me, I was like, well, you know, what's the answer? How do we combat this? I was like, give me unlimited money 
with unlimited resources and no rules. Mm-hmm. I was like, and then I'm just on the same playing field sure. as That's the traffickers. Right. Um, and I was like, that'll obviously never happen. <laughs> I was like, but that is the reality, reality of it. Absolutely you know? reality. Uh, so the opiate addiction, um, I, I've, I've had addicts tell me, like, I tried fentanyl. And I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Like I almost overdosed. I'm like, I just went straight back to using meth. I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. And it, that's how it's scary it is too. Mm-hmm. Even the people who, who use it. Yeah. It, it, funny you touch on that too. That was one of the questions I got the other night is, is, is the juveniles with the, the fentanyl that we're seeing. And, you know, we're, you know, they're, they've got, they've got uh, Narcan at schools now. Um, they've got that. It's, you know, it, how are you seeing that affect some of the juveniles in, in, what you're dealing with it's 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 just a little bit of everybody yeah. and the thing is is you know when you're a child you know or, or juvenile um you know everybody's in that exploratory phase sure. and you get told that something is really awesome and i got a great story about this um we were out on a surveillance one night we mm-hmm. were following a, a target around and we followed them to a uh, local establishment and they went inside and so uh we had set up and mm-hmm. one of the guys came up on the radio and said, hey, is anybody in the parking lot across the street? There's a there's a bunch of something going on. There's people running around a car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, that's weird. I was like, well, I'll do a drive-by really quick. And we all drive on marks and yeah. have beards and wear shorts. <laughs> and and, um, and so I, I drove by. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to say juveniles, but young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they laid somebody down on the the concrete and they were starting to do it. And I was like, oh, somebody's overdosing mm-hmm. right here across the street from us. Knew it. And uh, we had a couple of the canines out rolling around with us. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was like, Hey, you guys need to get over here. Right. So they ran over there and they were able to Narcan him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, get him and get to talking to him. And he's like, this is the first time I ever tried it. You know, we just went and we just went and bought a pill you know, from a guy over the area mm-hmm. and, um, first time I ever tried it. And I mean, that's how quickly. Yeah. It, without it. Yeah. Without it it's yeah. Sky high. And so I think a lot of it's curiosity wise. Um, I know the SROs are doing a really good job mm-hmm. in the schools yes. with the, the education. Absolutely. Um, in, in kind of helping along with, with that. Um, I think the, the patrol officers probably see the juveniles, uh, more than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically our group, um, our job is to work organizations, Sure. you know, and, sure. and so, um, we, we have a tendency to look at the, the larger fish yeah. in the pond. Um, but it's, it's definitely, it's scary. Like I've, you know, I've got kids in school right? and True. you know, you're constantly talking to them mm-hmm. like, Hey man, think for yourself. Like yeah. that's my big thing. Yeah. Like, make sure you think for yourself. Absolutely. That's great and, advice. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, I would I shudder to think about, you know, <laughs> it running around a high school or a right. junior high right. or, you know, or even this day and age at elementary school. Yeah. Like, it would be That's devastating. Really scary. Yeah, absolutely devastating. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a reality. You know, there's uh, it, it's something that people need to open their eyes up to, as, you know, we kind of were speaking about earlier, is there there is evil in the world. You know, there's we see it every day as we go to work. Um, and you have to understand that that is part of reality, especially with what we're dealing with nationwide right now. So Billings isn't unique to it in the fact that, you know, we're, 
where we are geographically, but it's it's happening nationwide. You know, absolutely. Yet, just you know, open southern borders that they you know are able to traffic right across and. And I think what really surprises people is like it's it's easy to say that this is a this is a Billings problem. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, biggest city in Montana. Oh yeah. This is a Billings problem. I, no, it is not. Right. Um. You know, our we, uh, we 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 call like we're a we're a mobile roadshow. <laughs> you know, in our task force, we'll go yeah. anywhere. You yeah. know, if you call and ask for help, you know, we'll we'll go. And uh, we've done operations um, in Lewistown. Glendive, Shepherd, Roberts, mm-hmm. Montana, Red Lodge, Columbus, um, Ekalaka. Um, uh, ever heard of Westby, Montana? Never heard of Westby. Literally at the corner of <laughs> Canada, Montana, and North Dakota. Oh wow! We've been there Way twice. Northeast, yeah. It's a town of like 300 people, and for <sighs> one of the for probably the largest task force in the state to be up there twice. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that should tell you it's, yeah, it, it, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, every dollar counts, yep. you know, so why limit it to the big cities when you can send it, you know? Yeah. It's a business for the uh, cartels. Absolutely. All about money. And that's what probably makes me the, the most angry mm-hmm. um, is a lot of people who traffic this and they, they push it on to people are not users. Mm-hmm. Right. They know that this is a business and they yeah. know that they are, you know, that someone's probably going to die at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the part that always kind of uh, fueled me is when I took over as, as the commander. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult a lot of times, um, you know, I'm, when, you're, when you're talking with the addicts and all that. And mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time interviewing people and, and talking with addicts. And one of the first questions I always ask them is like, hey, man. Tell me your story. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you how did you get here? When did you first start using? Right. And it's amazing. It's the story is almost always the same. Some major traumatic life event, mm-hmm. or you know, unfortunate sure. sor- circumstances, yeah. uh, lack of support, mm-hmm. and and uh, and resources, and just kind of wanted to escape. And and now here they are. Yeah. And whereas when you're dealing with a, a true trafficker, mm-hmm. you know, someone who is in the organization. Oh, I've never used, yeah. you know, I, I drink alcohol or like, no, sure. like that's the person that you said, that's the, the evil part of it right. for me that I just can't wrap my head around why you would do right. that to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's that, it, just as we're saying, <laughs> I've got the, I've got the music playing and you know, there's that line in that nineties hip hop song, never get high on your own supply. Yeah. And that's, it's true. It's absolutely it's exactly what they're living it's off just, of. And it's, you know? it's, it's business and it's, it's, it's all business, yeah. you know, to them. Yeah. There's no, no face. They don't see victims of this whatsoever. It's right. all dollar signs. Yep. All dollars. Just, and like I said, it's, I think people would be shocked, you know, and I, I can't go into all, you know, specific numbers or, or anything like that, but just the money that comes out of billings. Mm-hmm. Um, on a, a monthly basis, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've asked people before, like, you know, how much money you think like cartels could move? Oh yeah. Like, Oh, like, you know, 20,000, like anywhere from 1.5 to $3.5 million a month. Wow. Just out of billings, you know, <sighs> multiply and, that nation statewide. Right. Even exactly. That's, that's, and so it's, it, it's, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. And yeah. that'll open some eyes. Yeah. Sure. And people are just like, oh, I didn't think we had that big of a problem. I'm like, oh, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we, yeah. we really do. It's, it's a real thing. Yeah. And no doubt. No doubt. Well, we appreciate all your work towards combating it and the yeah. knowledge you've gotten. <laughs> getting, I know it's a, you know, it's a, it's a tidal wave that we're going up against is, you know, the little man, but right. You know, it, it still feels us. Like you said, you find those reasons that fuel you to, to get up and go to work every day and yeah. work harder and, and get after it. So, you know, a, a weird thing. And, uh, so the year that I took over, my youngest daughter, uh, was born and mm-hmm. she was born uh, a month early. Um, and so she was in the NICU mm-hmm. and the day after she was in the NICU, they had, a, an, a another preemie come in who was born, uh, addicted to meth. And I sat in there and it was just a weird coincidence. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm brand new as the boss, but I sat in there and I listened to that little baby scream for three mm-hmm. days. Uh, didn't know why it was in pain. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't, didn't know why it hurt, but it just absolutely screamed. Yeah. And until in this, you know, they were amazing up there and that just really kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's why I'm going to wake up and that's why I'm going to go. That's a can of gasoline to your do fire. this. Yeah. I was like, that little baby is way stronger than I am. Yeah. Immediately was born and straight into a, you know, into a fight right. for its life. So, you know, a lot of times when you're interviewing people or, you know, you're, you're talking with a trafficker and they're like, oh, you're kind of being mean. I was like, yeah, there's, mm. a, there's a reason why. Yeah. I was like, you, yeah, you knew. Yeah. What you did. And um, so that was, it's just kind of a funny story and those little things. So like I said, you know, as you go throughout your career, you find little things to, to, oh, right. to grab you yeah. and motivate you. Yeah. And uh, you remember like, yeah, this is why we're, why we're out why here we do what we do. doing that. Yeah. No doubt. So. No doubt. Yeah. Speaking of why you do what you do. <clears throat> so 21 years <laughs> gone through, as you said, gone by quick. Um, have you ever, has there ever been a point, uh, during that 21 years or even maybe recently or feel, you know, your decision to retire, d- did you felt that you met the pinnacle of your career or was there a point that, that stands out to you where you did? Um, I, I would probably say the last, uh, these last five years, um, as the, the task force commander were, mm-hmm. were kind of in, it was, it's weird because it was never anything I kind of uh, in, inspired to uh, to be. I've always just kind of had a kind of organic flow to mm-hmm. how I would do things. But, um, you know, over there, you know, everything I had done prior to getting that position had kind of set me up perfectly. Like, I couldn't have timed my career sure. better. Yeah. Uh, you know, a background, you know, as a, as a detective, uh, you know, a a patrol guy on nights for, for seven years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being a detective, uh, becoming a sergeant and getting to work patrol and see how that works. Yeah. Uh, being on the SWAT team for, you know, 11 years, mm-hmm. having that all tactical background, my paramedicine background, uh, background as a trainer and all that. And then it all kind of like gave me this real great pedigree, yeah. uh, for rolling into that position. Uh, cause that position by far, uh, that sergeant has the most responsibility uh, mm-hmm. that you know that that sits with him, and uh, and at times it's a it's a heavy responsibility, and um, and it couldn't have like set me up better. Mm-hmm. I was able to, and the way it all kind of worked out was we had a bunch of promotions. You know, you know, we had a retirement, we had a bunch of promotions, and uh, the outgoing commander got promoted, mm-hmm. uh, and so he's. 
whiskey's coming out and then I yeah. got to do this process. So by the time I get like, Hey, I'm the guy I'm going over and I get to go over and, and, and sit with Brandon there. It was like four hours. Yeah. And he was basically like, Hey, here's how you do everybody's timesheets. <laughs> here's how we get paid. <laughs> and, uh, he goes, all right, I'm, I'm taking off. I was like, Oh, so I'll like, see you tomorrow. And he's like, no, I'm not coming back. I have all faith. <laughs> this in, is yours. <laughs> I have all the faith. You'll be able to figure this out. And I just remember I had this, what? <laughs> like, During the headlights. Um, and so I spent a lot of time on the phone with him. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I can um, still find you. Yeah. Um, but really all of those skills, like I, I couldn't have timed it better. Um, you're at the, the, the pinnacle of the investigations. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, uh, we can, our, our investigations often go international. Sure. And, and, and we can go with them yeah. uh, to, to do that. Um, you know, uh, kind of everything that you're doing, all the resources that you have, mm -hmm. um, in that task force, like there's nine different agencies represented yeah. in that, in that task force. Um, and it is, it's super cool. And you're working with all of the detectives and agents who want to be there. Mm -hmm. And, um, in every agency that's involved is always like, Hey, if my guy is underperforming, get him out of there, yeah, come out. which is not like anywhere else. Yeah. No, you, know, you, you don't really find that. So it really is, you know, kind of them giving you an all-star lineup mm -hmm. of, you know, hey, go, go do this. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of been like, you know, the the highlight uh, for me uh, in my, you know, and especially being a cop mm -hmm. is kind of getting to that point, and then being able to go, and where do I go from here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I've gained some weight being in the task force. So I don't want to put a uniform back on again. I kind of like my beard. <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah, it works out perfectly in cold weather too. You know, and I was look. like, yeah. right, maybe it's just um, in a. And again, because of my involvement in the task force, it led to you know my retirement job. Sure, making those connections and uh, paying attention in a class mm -hmm. and. You know, I, I got hired by a, a private company teaching where I get to teach to cops mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, dr forensic drug analysis, oh, which yeah. is not anything I ever thought I'd be teaching. <laughs> you know, I always thought it'd be like firearms or yeah, tactics sure. or tactical medicine or something like yeah. that. I'm like, no, I'm teaching science. You sound like a chemist now. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> the dumbest person in the room every time I go to a training. Um, but it all kind of, I mean, that, so that was kind of cool. And, um, you know, I was having a talk with some various people, you know, in the department who I look up to. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been cool that all of them are like, yeah, man, mm -hmm. good for you. You deserve that. You, you paid your dues yeah. and you, uh, and, uh, so I like that. I appreciate the fact that people are like, yeah, you, you did it. You did a good, good job at it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's kind of all you ever want yeah. you know, when you, when you leave the job is like, all right, that guy was a good cop. Sure. That's what you wanted to say. Yep. And, yep. and it's one thing to have your peers say it. Uh, I think what's been cool here in this kind of in my last month is, um, you know, people who have been, you know, that I've arrested, mm -hmm. you know, like coming to me and going, you were cool. Yeah. Like, I like that. I appreciated yeah. that. And I think a lot of people That's are shocked deal. by that. Like, yeah, you're in contact. I was like, yeah, I have quite a few people I've arrested in the past who mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still in contact with. And sure um, offer advice to and yeah. so forth and so on. So that's been, um, uh, really cool. That's part awesome. Of career. So yep. that is awesome. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so we got 21 years in the books <laughs> done. You've, uh, you know, obviously serving, serving the community here, 
Um, given your time, staying late, coming in early, especially, you know, being on Hyder, you're always on call because the drug world never sleeps. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so now, obviously, you get time for you now. Um, you said, you know, you got hired by a private company doing some teaching and that stuff. And yeah. what, what else is next for, for Sergeant Jaggers? Where, where do you go from here? Yeah, I mean, honestly, and, and you know, if, if I had it my way, I would just kind of take a year off. And, yeah. Uh, but I've, you know, my wife's like, Hey, you're not gonna be able to do that. <laughs> you're gonna have to go back to work. Um, you know, uh, for various reasons. Um, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll do this teaching gig mm-hmm. and see where that takes me. Um, I've really enjoyed public service and I've done it ever since yeah. I've left high school. Sure. Um, and I think I was good at it, but I think I've reached a point where, you know, like if I end up driving a water truck by myself or 12 hours a day, I'd probably be mm-hmm. okay with, with that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my two oldest, I have three kids mm-hmm. and, uh, my two oldest daughters have kind of bore the brunt of the bulk of my career. Sure. You know, dad working nights, dad getting called out, right. Right. dad volunteering to go do things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and especially my, my oldest who, you know, she remembers dad getting deployed yeah. and, and being gone. Yeah. And uh, I kind of think I hit a point, um, especially there on SWAT, where, you know, I've been on it for a while. And I, I think it was something like we had to go to, I think we went to Nye for like a vice president detail or something like that. <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to be a part of that because I was on the range yeah. teaching firearms. Uh, but somebody got sick or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I had to fill in and forgot that I had planned. I told the girls that I had oh. planned on doing something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had to, you know, call and tell them like, yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta go up there for a couple days. And, um, I, I just remember my oldest star, she was like, you know, I think she was a senior in high school and she was like, uh, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of those things I'd kind of like to make up Yeah. and, you know, and I, now I have a, um, our little one who, uh, just turned five mm-hmm. and what's, Here's what's kind of heartbreaking. This was real. She's just now realizing that dad is a police officer. Oh, sure. And, you know, yeah. she's like, dad, when I grew up, I want to be a police officer so I can catch bad guys with you. And I was <laughs> like, well, you better hurry up. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gone here soon. You know, um, but uh, like, yeah, she, for the most part, won't, you know, know, know about it. Sure. Because you know, I'll have, yeah. uh, which is a really weird, you know, thing to think about. Yeah, but, pros and cons, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, I want to, you know, spend t- more time with the family, really kind of concentrating more on not being career oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something I've been looking at. As you know, when you, when you work at a high level yeah. and, and, uh, you've said a lot of nice things about me, but you're also that high level guy as well. Okay. Um, when, when you work at a high level, you have a tendency to just like, that's what you just mm-hmm. focus on. Yep. You know, like I, just, I hate losing and. Yeah. And I, I don't want to lose and uh, trying to get myself okay with uh, I don't have to mm-hmm. be the best at operate in that, yeah, in that space. Know, like I can, yeah. I can sit back and you yeah. know, calm down a little bit and um, Your blood pressure will appreciate that. Yeah. I'm sure. And you know, that's another you know, large part of what I'm looking forward to is just like, you know, focusing on health yeah. and, and well-being. This job sure. is tough. Yeah. Uh, on you physically and, and mentally. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so I'm looking forward to just not being um, as high strung as I normally am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
um, with uh, with going to work. So that's what I like about this retirement job. It's like, ah, yeah, I go teach a I go teach a class. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Yeah, you know, I can I can do that and yeah. um, and not worrying about um, all right, what's going to happen today? How's mm-hmm. this going to go down? What do we got to do if this happens? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's going on over, over here with this investigation? Sure. You know, I need to plan for this. I need to plan for that. Oh, I got to do the budget. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't tell me that either when I became oh, a Oh, I bet that's that, huge. That I was going to have to do budgets. Yeah. Math. Spreadsheets and all that. Yeah. Ugh, gross. I was just going to yeah. drive around and right. burglary calls. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Just like cops, like you watched. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think there's a large part of like when you look back on your career, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you get to the, the higher levels and you, you've got so much going on, you're like, yeah, and that's why there's a lot of cops who retire from other agencies, and mm-hmm. we hire. It's like I just want to be a patrol officer. Yeah, you know, like I enjoy doing that. I like going to calls, like you know, helping people mm-hmm. and all that, and um, and just the simplicity of it. And yeah. when your shift's done, bread and butter, you're done. Turn in your cases, and you know, yeah. and go home. Yeah, you yeah. know, not like being you know, being on vacation in Florida, and I still have my work phone. Next to me, still responding to texts. And, Spouses love that. Yeah, <laughs> like kind of calm down. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> get so, out of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, obviously you've got a little bit of free time, so I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to highlight a few things that we've got going around town. Um, you know, something I'm sure you may be maybe a part of a couple of them there, yeah, or one or the other. But uh, I'm just going to highlight real quick a few happenings and billings coming up. Um, we just uh, confirmed last night uh, with the chief. Actually, the chief is going to be doing a press conference uh, March 6th at one o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to highlight some of the efforts of the uh, officers in response to some of the violent crime that we saw back here in 2023. Um, so we'll be having that. I assume we're going to be at the barn for that. But uh, keep a keep a lookout for that on our <clears throat> on our Facebook page. Um, and uh, obviously the media will, will put that out there as well. So uh, March 16th, we've got the St. Patrick's Day Parade downtown here. So, um, you know, get out with the family and, and all the floats and everything. And then you can go have some fun afterwards with, with uh, you know, bands playing and all that good stuff. So a great day to be out with the family. Hopefully we'll get some good weather for that too. Uh, and then March 22nd uh, at the Centennial Ice Arena at 6.30, uh, we've actually got the Guns and Hoses charity hockey game. So uh, some of the um, Billings Police or uh, Montana Police Protective Association uh, members, some of our own Billings Police officers themselves uh, are going to be playing hockey against the firefighters. Um, all the proceeds from that will go to Family Promise. Uh, we'll get some of that up on the Facebook page here uh, just a little bit, so you've got some information on that as well. But uh, m- March 22nd at 6.30 at the Centennial Ice Arena is what we got going on. So upcoming events there for, for the month of March, and then uh, we'll we'll get our podcast out later in the month of March. We're working on a couple of, couple of special guests for that one as well, but uh, we'll kind of jump back in our focus this one and uh justin we really really appreciate you being here today um you know it's uh congratulations on such an incredible career uh (laughs) definitely uh just like you know we've said many times but a a standard set for you know others to to look up to and to match you know myself included in that so um just appreciate all your mentorship to myself and um you know and some of the different specialties i was able to work for you uh, or under for you there um you know the the advice you've given the example you've set um and just the 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 path you've paved for a lot of officers here in this department. So um, I really, really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure working for you. Congratulations on your retirement and, uh, you know, happy retirement to him. And enjoy that time off, buddy. Yeah. Enjoy Thank you. I, know, I appreciate all those nice things you said. No, it's been a, been a great career. Don't regret any of it. Yep. And uh, like I said, 
my organic decision making kind of always worked out for me. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you yeah. guys get a chance and you see Justin out or you're anywhere, take a few minutes. He tells some amazing stories. Uh, we can't get to on here, but he's got some <laughs> great stories to tell too. So awesome storyteller. I love it. Awesome. So no, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Billings, you guys have a good day. Stay safe out there and enjoy the cold for a few more months and then uh, we'll get back to some summer weather. So have a wonderful day.